Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. John chapter 6 and verses 1. The Bible says, after these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And the Bible says, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover feast of the Jews was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him. And he said unto Philip, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. And the Bible says, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, John chapter 6 begins like we've read. Our Lord and Savior. When goes over the Sea of Galilee, which is Tiberias. And so he starts to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, do miracles, signs and wonders. And the story is that when people start to see signs, miracles and wonders, they say, you know what? Let's follow this fellow. Let's go after him. Let's chase him after. Now, it's amazing if you think about it for a moment. That thousands of people followed a man without caring what food they were going to eat. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how powerful the anointing on the person of Christ was. So men followed him. They followed him. You can imagine a guy who was walking that day. As he was walking, he saw a lame man walking. And then he finds himself following the son of God. Somebody shout amen. So the scriptures tell us they follow him. Multitudes follow him. And when they follow him, the Bible says he lifts up his eyes and sees a great company coming to him. There were very many. And he's thinking, where are these people going to get food? How are we going to feed these thousands of people? I believe there are probably 5,000 and more. The Bible tells us he turns to Philip. Right? And then he asks Philip a question. He asks him, what do you think, or how do you think, or where do you think we're going to buy food enough to feed these ones? How are we going to feed these guys? Now the Bible says, by the time Jesus asks Philip, Jesus is not asking Philip a question because Jesus does not know what to do. Jesus already knew what he would do. Are you hearing me? But the Bible says, but he did this, the Bible says, to prove Philip. Give me the message version of that. 
the message version said, he said this, the Bible says, to stretch Philip's faith. So the son of God already had faith. He knew what he was going to do. He knew what to do. But he's walking with Philip and he's like, you know what? I think I need to stretch this fellow's faith. And the Bible says in the next verse, Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. Listen to the answer Philip says. Jesus is not asking him based on what is available. Jesus is trying to stretch this man's faith. It was a question that was intending to stretch the man's faith. Somebody shout amen. But Philip did not get it. He went into what was not working. He went into the impossibility of the task. He went into what was available and not enough. Or what he knew could have but was not enough. Jesus was not asking because he was stuck. But like Philip, there are things Jesus does to stretch our faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. And if you're living a life that is not stretched, if you're living a life that is not stretched, if the life of faith you're living is not risky, then you're not going to enjoy the life of salvation. Tonight, I came to provoke your spirit. And in the few things that God is going to speak to us is to stretch your faith. Prepare your spirit to stretch your faith. If you've been believing from here, you walk from this ground believing from somewhere up there. But you must stretch your faith. It is godly for God to stretch you. Somebody shout amen. You see, some people don't know that when we walk the life of faith, it looks like a risk. Unless your faith is in predictable ideas. Unless the things you're believing for are in the realm of predictability. Are in the realm of possibility. But when you launch into the impossible, you remember the woman with the bleeding issue? The hemorrhage? The woman said, if I may but touch. See, some people simply look at the end of what happened. But many people don't see that there was a risk involved. In provoking the son of God to perform a certain way. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible says, he says, if I may but touch the hem of his garment. The Bible says, I shall be made whole. And when Jesus was touched, the Bible says he felt virtue going out of him. He felt dunamis, the power of God going out of him. He says, who touched me? And the disciples are telling him, master. What says thou that who touched you for everybody is pressing on you. Everybody is thronging at you. How can you ask who touched you? He says, "Uh uh-uh. There's somebody who touched me a certain way. Somebody shout hallelujah. And then the woman knowing, she comes out. The Bible says, but when the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and she told him all the truth. And the next verse said, and he said unto her, 
daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. The message version says, and he said unto her, or he responded to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith and now you are healed. Praise God. He told her, live well and be blessed. Sometimes when it comes to the places of believing God, you risk. If you're the kind who wants everything to be there in line, intact, 100% calculatable, you're not going to move. Sometimes you just have to close your eyes and say, praise God. Slap yourself and say, I'm risking. But it is worth it. Somebody shout amen. Shout amen. So, what caught my heart and eyes was how God gets to a man like Philip. And he already knows what he's going to do. But he is trying to stretch this man's faith to prove him to a certain level. If Philip told God, I think you can call food from heaven, Jesus would have done it. Who understands what I'm saying? Let's go back to scripture. The Bible says he already knew what he was going to do. He was going to feed them. Now, the Bible says, when Philip starts to explain what is available, right? He says, a hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. The next verse says, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which has five barley of loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? He asks. Now, the only difference here is, Andrew brought another proposition. Two fish and five loaves of bread. What if the proposition was one loaf of bread? Would Jesus perform? What if the proposition was one piece of fish? Would Jesus perform? What if there was no fish and bread? Would Jesus perform? Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, the fact that Andrew presented what was available, Jesus was ready to perform on that faith. But that was not the standard. That was what was available. According to what they were able to turn to. If there was no bread, if there was no fish, at least Jesus would go to the pennies that Philip was talking about to see how to multiply them and buy food. But that was a longer one because the people were hungry. He's the master of transaction. Somebody shout hallelujah. He said, okay, if you have fish and loaves of bread, bring them. And scripture is clear. He gives thanks and everybody eats. Somebody shout hallelujah. But he left us with a proposition. He left us with a mindset. He gave an attitude to us. Somebody shout amen. He provoked us. Like I'm going to provoke you tonight. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 3. Verses 14. Paul makes a very wonderful prayer. For the church. And I always tell people. That whenever you are in scripture. And then you find prayers more so 
in the New Testament dispensation. Those are prayers worth not only meditating over, but those are prayers that you ought to speak over your life in your time of prayer. Somebody shout amen. Because by the time the man who lays the foundation of the New Testament makes a decision to pray for the church a certain way, there are things by the Spirit that he sees and observes. And he, only to reconcile these things, would he pray a certain way. These are sacred prayers. They're deeper than some prayers that we read in Scripture. More so after the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now Paul prays a prayer and he says, For this cause, verses 14, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, he says, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. To be strengthened with dunamis by his spirit in the inner man. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. To be strengthened with might, with dunamis by his spirit in the inner man. He's praying for the man that is not seen. Because you have a physical man, which is you that I'm seeing physically. But you also have a spiritual version. Somebody shout amen. And he says that that inner man, as I'm praying to God, I pray that you'll be strengthened with dunamis, strengthened with power by his spirit in the inner man. He's speaking of a strengthening that every man needs because Paul knows the essence, the importance. He appreciates fully the strengthening of the inner man with power. He knows what it means for one's inner man to be strengthened with dunamis. Because he also understands the consequence of weak Christianity. Let me make a statement that you should write. God can only give and operate with you to the level you have adopted in the spirit. You understand what I'm saying? God can only deal or operate on the life of a man according to how he judges this man in how this man has adopted, in what the man is able to adopt. God cannot deal with you concerning faith in what is not already adopted in your spirit to accommodate. He deals with you according to what you have adopted in the spirit. According to how much strength you have in the inner man to believe. When Jesus says, behold, I give you power. We all have power as the body of Christ. We've all been given the measure of faith. Right? The same faith in you is the same faith in me. But the strength of that power is different. It differs. Somebody shout hallelujah. Much as we carry that power, some people are not strengthened in the same. They are not energized in the same. Some people are not charged in the same. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's like a phone. You find four phones and all of them have batteries. 
But one battery is charged. And another one is not charging. They all have power. Battery. Batteries, right? They have lithium batteries inside them. But one battery is charged at 100%. And another one is bleeping 3%. But they both have what? So when Paul prays in Ephesians that they might be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, he's saying that they might continue to stay charged. Are you hearing me? That they might be charged. Because God deals with you according to your level of charge. He deals with you according to the level you adopted. He operates according to what you've already adopted in your spirit. That means if we teach men to adopt more, if we teach men how to charge and be charged, if we can charge men, there is nothing God can't do. There is nothing they cannot believe God for. Somebody shout hallelujah. Tell your neighbor you can believe God for the craziest thing. Tell them you can believe God for the craziest thing the world has ever heard. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Now I want to give you two scenarios in scripture. That I want you to think about very keenly. A story is given in Matthew 25 verses 14. And then he starts to define the kingdom of heaven. And he says the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. The Bible says who called his own servants and delivered unto them his what? His goods. And unto one. The Bible says he gave five talents. Now I want you to mark that. One, he gave five talents. Right? And the Bible says, to another, two talents. And to another, one. Right? So he gives one five talents. He gives another man two talents. And he gives another man one talent. And the Bible says, to every man, the Bible says, according to his several ability. Now, the word there, ability, is dunamis. Power. Huh? He says he gave to every man according to his several ability. Personal dunamis. Personal strength of the inner man by the Holy Spirit. I pray you understand what I'm saying. He did not give one man five talents because he preferred one man above the one he gave one talent. No. He gave one man five talents because there was something in the man who receives five talents. There was an ability in his spirit that could contain and manage five talents. And then he gives another man two talents because there is something in the man of the two talents spirit. The ability in him to deal with two talents. And then he gave one man one talent because he looks at him and he says, hmm, this guy's strength in the spirit cannot contain two or three talents. God does not give more than you are adopted to in the spirit. You will ask. Are you hearing me? But even though you ask, he will come into your spirit to see how much are you able to sustain? How much are you adopted to, even though you're asking? You're asking for money, but how much can your spirit contain? You're 
asking for a job, but how big can your spirit accommodate? You're asking for a ministry, but how big can your spirit accommodate? You're asking for a marriage. How can your spirit accommodate it? Whatever you're asking for, you're asking for certain grace, for certain success in everything. Whatever you're asking for, how steady, how composed, how adopted is your spirit? How much strength is within your spirit to sustain what you're asking for? And sometimes answered prayer comes to the level of your adoption. So that means he hasn't answered. But that's what you can manage. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible says in the next verse, straight away took his journey. And then the Bible says, he that received the five talents, the Bible says, went and traded with the same and met them other five talents. Because it was in him to multiply five. And the Bible says, and likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reconneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few. Even the five was few. Now you, you might think God was going to use a language like you have been faithful in the most talents that I've given among us the three. No. To God, this was still few. Did you understand what I'm saying? And he says, listen, I will make thee, listen to the language, ruler over many things. In other words, I'm going to increase that strength in you. Over many things. This was talents that had to be multiplied. Okay, let's go into another thing. I will make you ruler over. He can make you ruler over. He can give you the grace to be over economies, to be over statistics, to be over social systems, to be over, to be over, to rule over, to go ahead, to be the leader, to lead the pack. He says, I shall make thee the head and not the tail. You shall be above and not beneath. Going upward and upward only. That's the promise of God. He says, this is the thing. This is the secret. If you understand this, I will make you ruler over. That means if they are looking for teachers, you're the best. If they are looking for engineers, you're the best. If they are looking for businessmen, you're the best. If they are looking for marketeers, you're the best. If they are looking for bankers, you are the best. If they are saying, let's look for doctors, ah, there is one who is above all. Somebody shout hallelujah. The leading cardiologist, the leading orthopedic. Somebody shout hallelujah. And that is where we are. That is where we belong. That is who we are. It's our nature. Somebody shout amen. And the Bible says, he told him, thou enter into the joy of thy Lord. That's the joy of God. Not just screaming. People think screaming is, oh, the joy of the Lord. <laughs> no. This is the joy of the Lord. That you might rule over things. 
Now the Bible says, and he also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou didst deliver unto me two talents, and behold, I've gained two other talents besides them. And the Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. And then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man. Praise God. He says, I knew thee that thou art what? An hard man. Reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strewed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not. Now listen to this. He says, Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strewed. In the next verse he says, Thou owest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own usury. Meaning, what is on me, you know, will reap where it has not sown. This is the master speaking. And will gather where it has not strewed. Even if you had gotten this money and given it to somebody exchanging money, you'd still make profit. <laughs> Tell anybody I can't be poor. <laughs> Even in the example. Tell anybody I can't be poor. Now, Listen to that. God is telling you, the Lord is telling you that you see, there is no way this master, this Lord who is talking to you, God, Jesus, with whatever he has given you, there is no way it can suffer loss. Even if you put it where people don't make money, it will make money. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even if you put it where results are not, it will create Results. Because he is God. He said, you knew that I reap where I don't even sow. In other words, I don't need to apply myself to a thing to get the fruit thereof. You just had to put my seed in it. Now, some people don't understand what was going to happen to the money person who was exchanging money. It means, obviously... Because this was the Lord's money, it was going to be multiplied. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that's how God functions. God is not limited by economies. He's not limited by your color. He's not limited by the nation that you're in. He's not limited by the family you were raised. He's not limited by the connections you have or those that you don't have. He is not limited. There is no way you cannot be rich. There is no way you cannot be blessed. There is no way he cannot not bless you. It's impossible. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible says in the next verse, Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which has what? Who has added? The guy who had few. And that extra one was still few. Right? And the Bible says, for unto everyone that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has. Now, 
read the message of that. The message version says 29. It says, take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. And get rid of this. Play it safe. Who won't go out? On a limb. Tell your neighbor, risk in God. Risk in God. Now, when the scripture says, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. Some people think they're only talking about people who are not born again. This fellow <laughs> can be a believer. But because he does not know how the law of exchange works. By the spirit, he's wicked and slothful. And the Bible says, and God gets from him and gives it to the guy of faith. Who made ten? So when the Bible says the wealth of the wicked, it's wicked not to multiply. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, it is wicked not to multiply. Do you know what I mean? I mean to say, if you're a businessman and you're hearing my voice, you're delivered from wickedness. <laughs> if you're a pastor and you're hearing my voice, God has delivered you from wickedness. How can you not multiply? How? Somebody shout hallelujah. Say in the name of Jesus. Multiplication is me. It 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 is me. Get it from your head. Put it in your heart. And say it is me. It is me. Speak it from here. It is me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, one man is called wicked and slothful because he saw the master and he saw the master as a hard one and he misinterpreted the principle of reaping where the master has not sowed. He misinterpreted the gathering of where the master has not strode. And then he kept it in the ground. And God judged this man as wicked. Because he could not risk his faith. He preferred to play itself. Somebody shout hallelujah. You prefer to do things that will not ashamed you. Because you fear to be ashamed. Believing. Let me tell you. I would rather be ashamed on the side of faith than be justified by men in my unbelief. Did you understand what I just said? I would rather be ashamed trying to believe God because I'm on my way there and I've not gotten it right than be justified by men yet doubting God. That is why I celebrate men who try. If you're the kind who has tried to do, I honor what's upon you. 
You know, we have a generation of young people who don't want to work. They're still looking for jobs. Are you hearing me? And then when you fail to get a job, what happens? You sit in your father's house and chill. And just wait. And then wait. Are you hearing me? And there's a person, the same age, who said, you know what? How much do I need to make chapatis? And then the person makes what? There's a girl making cookies and cakes, baking with her hands. There's one using the needle to make a living. You both graduated. The difference is for you, you're home in your wickedness. The other one. is trying to just wake up every morning and just sit on television and watch and believe God for a job or believe God for a visa to go to America. No. That is not how stuff works. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. There is something that happens on people who work. Recently, somebody came and gave me their story. They are very rich, filthy, filthy. And this person told me, Apostle, since campus days, eh, I looked for little money, made a photocopier, started photocopying papers, then I make off some little money, made like a small gift shop that was probably like two square meters, and then I started putting gifts there. I, I said, no wonder. And where are her peers? They are nowhere. They are wicked. Are you hearing me? Now, when the Bible says, take that one talent and give it to the man that made 10, it means you can have 20K in your pocket right now, 20,000 shillings. And then you go to a shop and spend it on something. But for it, it knows who it's looking for. For it, it doesn't stop moving. It doesn't even end on the shopkeeper. The law of exchange does not work by how much you have. It works by how much you can access. You understand what I'm saying? That money starts moving, looking for Apostle Grace. Put your name. It's looking for a faithful what? Servant of God. And it will find them. There are people who are found by money. And there are people who are looking for it. Sharabakatalamandekosa. Tell yourself it's following me. Blessing is following me. Breakthrough is following me. Increase is following me. Multiplication is following me. To the glory of God. Yeah, your mouth has power. Somebody shout amen. Whatever your hands are able to do or is able to do, do it. Do it. Put something out. Add chairs. Do something. But at least risk. Always be walking on the edge of risk takers. No. Don't be in the, the guys who play itself. No. Always walk on the line of risk takers. That's where Jesus is. No. He's not with safe players. No. He's where risk takers are. That's where Jesus is. I choose to believe God a certain way. Somebody shout amen. amen. Now, in Luke chapter 19 verses 11, a similar story comes up. 
But this time, he's dealing with men who had similar ability. Now, I want to show you a little twist in the narrative. The Bible says in verses 11, as they had these things, he added and spoke a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem, because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And again, you see, this is a kingdom thing. This is a kingdom mindset. It's a kingdom mystery. He goes on to say, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants. Now, this one went to receive a kingdom. Mark this. That one was just, just went for his own business and then came back, right? This one in Luke, right? Went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom, right? And the Bible says, and he called his ten what? Servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, occupy until I come. Now he gave each ten. You get it? Meaning that they all had the same ability to contain it. In other words, there was none with a strong ability to receive 70 or 80. But if there was, he would have given them 80. Now, God is giving us a scenario where a certain sample space of people have literally the same strength of the spirit to receive. Huh? So he gives them 10. And the Bible says his servants hated him. And sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Mm -hmm. That's their business. Verses 15. It came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded his servants to be called unto him. And to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound, the Bible says, has gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, well... Thou good servant, because thou has been faithful in a very little, thou have authority over ten cities. So, the translation of each pound translated to authority over a city. Right? So, with this one, he received authority over ten cities of the kingdom. You see that? This fellow brought. And then the Bible says, Then the second came saying, Lord, thy pound has gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise, be thou also over five pounds. And another came saying, Lord, behold, there is thy pound which I have kept laid up in a napkin. <laughs> another one. For I fear. You see, the first one had fear. The second one had fear. Man, fear and snares. Fear and snares. And the Bible says, For I, what? I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou laidst not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. Then he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required my own with usury? And he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him. Again, he gives to the highest. 
Are you following? Again, he gives to the man that makes the most. That is why in the physical realm, there are people who seem to have and they're increasing. Right? And there are people who have very little. And it's almost as though even the little that they have is leaving them. And it is being joined to... You, you see, one time I was talking with a Christian. <laughs> and this Christian said, you know, there's a person who came and gave a certain rich man a lot of money. And I said, is this God? Yet there were poor people. I said, giving is not based on who doesn't have or who has. Giving is based on who is faithful. There will always be richer people who are blessed with more. And there will always be poor people who are going to lose. That is the law. That is the principle of the spirit. You're not going to twist it with your emotion. God is not emotional. He is revelational. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hey, why did you give that man money? Who has a car? Yet the other one, Bambi, is the one who needs it most. Who has a bicycle? God does not give. Who needs most? I said God does not give who gives most. God gives to the faithful. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now you better fix you. Instead of judging that. You know you know people have problems with the blessings of other people. Why is it that she's the one they're giving this? Why is it that he's the one they're giving it? Why is it that he's the one who they gave this? Why is it that she's the woman of God? Seek God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Be faithful in the little. God will trust you with more. But he gave us a wonderful experience. Said, if he was bringing a kingdom, the man who translated one pound to ten was going to be ruler over ten cities. That is the very mystery that gives authority of men over certain things and then pulls down certain men in the same earth, the same planet, the same world that we're living. And that principle is continuing every other day. There is one man going down today and there is another man going up on the same day. There is one man increasing tonight and there is another man decreasing on the same surface of the earth. And yes, both might be believers. But one is wicked, the other one is faithful. Because we don't understand how this principle works. You see, you can speak faith, eh? but you see, are you increasing? Or are you being taken from? Is your joy increasing or is your joy leaving you? Are your finances increasing or are your finances leaving you? Are you going upward or you're in a downward spiral? When you eat, are you full? You understand? Because there's some people who can eat and eat, but you'll never be full. The Bible says, if that happens, ask ye of your ways. If you put on clothes and you're never smart, ask yourself, God, what is happening to me? 
Because to even be smart is godly. You can wear the best bag, hair, everything, and they still bypass you. Because the race is not to the swift. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the problem with many people, they don't learn to go to God and say, God, where am I missing it? They turn anger on the blessed. They become jealous of the blessed. They carry envy of the blessed. And I told people this about two years ago. I'll say it again for some of you who have just joined recently. The day you ever set yourself to be jealous or envious about someone, God will make sure that he will amplify every blessing of theirs. That the news will reach you a certain way. Somebody shout hallelujah. When they get a new car, God will make sure that's the day they drive near you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because that's what envy does. Envy amplifies the blessing of the man you're envious over. It makes sure that every good news of their lives reaches you. Even when you're not looking. At least you'll dream it. And some of you are tormented by the blessing of other people. You've lost sleep. Because some people are just going upward like this. If you had a gun, you'd shoot them. <laughs> Tell anybody the one they're talking about didn't come. Do you understand what I just said? Then I learned. I learned. I learned that firstly, I have to deal with the strength of my spirit. Because if I deal with the strength of my spirit, God will entrust me according to my ability of adoption. If God entrusts me according to my spirit of adoption, then it means at that point of entrusting, I will be entrusted with more than many people. And he knows the spirit that is adapted to such accommodation will multiply what has been given. And if I understand that, I'll always be like that. That's how the kingdom of God works. That is why I tell people, work in adapting. Work in adapting. You ask yourself, Apostle, how do I do that? What is your meditation like in the thing you're believing God for? What is your confession like in the thing you're believing God for? How is your seed like in the thing you believe in God for? What is the state of your heart in the thing you believe in God for? What is your attitude in the thing you believe in God for? All of these things define your adaptability. 
doesn't matter how right your heart is. If your attitude is wrong, you're wasting time. Somebody shout hallelujah. It doesn't matter how right your heart is. If your meditation is wrong, you're wasting time. When you close your eyes, what do you see? Do you see yourself paying rent? Or building skyscrapers? Are you adapted or you force yourself into skyscrapers? You know, you might be adapted to rent, but you force yourself. Okay, keep forcing yourself. But there's a day you get there. And you feel, you know that you are there. A lady sent me a message. I know, actually met a lady. She flew from the United Kingdom. She came to see me one day. And then she gave me a testimony and said one time she was listening to the sermon commending ourselves to the consciences of men, right? So she went for a very big interview. There were five people to be interviewed and she was the least qualified, right? These guys had working experience, the same that was asked for. This lady said she entered the interview after doing that interview, they told her, we shall call you. Like they told all the rest. Are you hearing me? She moved out. They all interviewed. They all went home waiting for a what? For a phone call. This woman told me, she said, the moment I came down that building, I just crossed the road and sat in a coffee shop, ordered for coffee and said, I'm not leaving until my letter upstairs is typed. Who am I talking to? She said, the other ones went back home to be called in two weeks. This one said, by close of business today, I have my appointment later. She crossed into a coffee shop, ordered for coffee, and sat from two, three, four, five, six p.m. Where are you? I'm just across the street. Can you pick your appointment later? Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. Said the Lord of hosts, slap somebody and tell him with God, all things are possible. What are you adapted to? Somebody shout amen. 6 p.m. they called her and gave her appointment later. Why? Because not only did she believe she got the job, she believed her appointment letter was to be given to her that evening. The other ones were still waiting for two weeks notice. Wait. Wait. May God satisfy you when it's still early in the mighty name of Jesus. May things work so easy for you. May you set deadlines and may the world work on your deadline. May the world work on your clock. May the world work under your thermostat. May the world work under your condition in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Tell your neighbor adapt, 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 adapt. Tell him adapt, adapt. Get to your feet. I want to pray in tongues with you. God wants to give you more. He wants to give you more. 
The Bible says he gave gifts to men. According to their several ability. He gave the prophet what the prophet was able to do. He gave the apostle what the apostle was able to do. He gave the pastor what the pastor was able to do. What the evangelist was able to do. But also to the degrees of the glory. According to what the man has adapted. The secret about the things of God. Is that you can adapt another level of faith. That's the thing about the things of the spirit. You can believe God for another level of functioning. What we are believing God for is another level of access. Another level of the things of God. Leave the place where you've been believing God for. There's a man testifying right now. Oh, God gave me 200,000 which I needed for rent. There's another man thanking God for billions of dollars on the same planet. But one had adapted to accommodate that glory and another one stayed in the 200,000. Tonight I want to provoke your spirit to give us days and weeks. Say by this date, at this time, I'm going to see this. Come on, raise your voice. Raise your voice. Raise your faith. Believe God. God. Listen, this has nothing to do with your level of education. It has nothing to do with your speech. It has nothing to do with your mind. It has nothing to do with your networks. It has nothing to do with your tribe. It has nothing to do with the books. It has nothing, nothing, nothing. It has nothing to do with how you performed. It has nothing to do with where you live now. It has nothing to do whether you have a job now or you don't. Come on, speak. Adapt. 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 Come on, pray. 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 <laughs> Adapt. 
Faithfulness begins with what a man is able to adapt and multiply. May whatever you have in your hand multiply. May whatever the Lord has placed with you multiply. If two fish and five loaves of bread can feed thousands of men, there is nothing my God cannot do. God entrusts you with cities, nations, continents, media, politics. Randolobo seteleba. Robo sekereblo selebaya. All the mountains of influence. The arts. May your star shine so bright. So bright. May it catch the attention of the greatest. May what is upon you catch the attention of the greatest. May the best come to you. May the wisest come to you. Honorable come to you. May the riches come to you. Serelele bayalele kea. Brazare ketele mandolobos alaba. Rabatalaba kayenerebos. Serelele bayere mokosa. Rekere bayaramanda rabaye. People creating things here. Adapt. Adapt, adapt, adapt. Rendelele bayarabakasaralalabaya. Come on, come on. You will not see poverty another day. You will not see sickness another day. You will not see depression another day. Hey, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. I see the anointing of the Holy Ghost. There it is, 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 there it is. Randa Rabba Katalabaye. Eyelele Bayalaba. Serelele Baya. Enough is enough. May God pay your rent. May God clear your debt. Seek fees another day. May you never lack another day. Any good thing. May your ministry never struggle another day. May your marriage never struggle another day. May education never struggle another day. May your project never struggle another day. May your business never struggle another day. May 
you never struggle another day. May God entrust you with more. May God entrust you with more. May God entrust you with more. And give you wisdom to translate it. meeting like this and listen to a sermon like this and you're given the list there's a reason why you had this message listening to the sermon you've had this evening you're not here by mistake God is changing your destiny. <laughs> Laugh! <laughs> Woo! The joy of the Lord. Glory to God! I saw God handing over things that don't look like your age. <laughs> I saw God handing over things that don't look like the language you speak. I saw God handing over things that don't look like your size, your weight. I saw God handing over things that don't look like your color. I saw God handing over things that don't look like of a man in a third world country. I saw God handing over things that don't look like you, smell like you. Give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Clap like you believe it. Clap like you have adapted. Come on. And let me tell you, you're going to testify this very soon. People are going to say, she doesn't look like the money she has. He doesn't look like the ministry he has. He doesn't look like the marriage he has. She doesn't look like she doesn't look. He doesn't. They're going to say you don't look. The things around you are going to change. So quick and so fast. Somebody receive it. Some of you don't even struggle to pronounce your names. Because some names have never entered a certain glory. 
Some of the successful of this world had shorter names. Like Jack Ma, Elon Musk, Turiajeda. May they struggle to pronounce your name. But may they not avoid it. Hallelujah. Why? Because God is going to set you in a place. That they will be first to cram and pronounce your name the right way. In the mighty, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. It's happening. Men will come and say, What's your name again? Sebaduka. What, what, say, Sebo, what? Sebaduka. Sebadu, Sebaduka. 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 Some people are going to learn pronouncing names because of you. <laughs> Woo! Give somebody a high five and tell them this is unavoidable. I'm adapted. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you're sick in your body, I want you to receive your healing right now. There are people who have been tormented by demonic activity and God is delivering you now. Demonic activity is seizing now. You've had a sickness and doctors don't have a name for it. It ends now. Power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I sense in my spirit that God is delivering some people. From affliction power of God is coming right now where you are if you have been afflicted by the devil in any way the power of God is coming where you are now power goes if you're somebody and you've seen witchcraft in your life your family right now the power that delivers is coming barrenness is living barren wombs are opening right now in the mighty name of Jesus thank you Lord Spirits of depression Loose Listen There are people 
these words were spoken on your life one day. Whether you were there or not, I feel the grace to deliver you this evening. Jesus is going to do it. There are people, words were spoken over them and they said that they will never be successful at anything. Either it was spoken by their grandparents or parents or relatives or people and you're here. Right now in the name of Jesus, the power that delivers you is come. And yeah, that's it. Be delivered. Be delivered. I turn and unturn every evil word that was spoken against your destiny, that was spoken against your life, that was spoken against your future. I decree and I declare that it is turned to the glory of God. Where failure was spoken, success shall come. Jesus, you're my friend forever. The Bible says you cannot curse the blessed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus, friend forever. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 Devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. If you have had kidney issues, put up your hands. God is healing you now. Kidney issues. God is healing you now. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus. 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 Let me tell you. I don't care. What they say does not happen in your family. It will happen on you. That saith the Lord. I repeat it again because I've heard heaven say it. There are things they say in that family. This doesn't happen. It will happen on you. In the name of Jesus. And you will be the key. That opens and delivers everyone related to you. May your families be elevated through you. I say through you. May God use you. May he raise you up as a light. And may the rest see and believe your God. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. If in your family they don't take flights, you're going to be the first one. If in your family they've never seen buildings, you're going to be the first one. If in your family they say they don't get married, you're going to be the first one. But it shall happen. God just told me he has placed the mark on you. That goes beyond anything your family has been limited over. And you shall be the springboard by which others climb to go up. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Now if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity. Do you say I want to be born again? 
Repeat this as after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for today, for the words I have heard. I receive you in my heart as Lord and Savior. I'm born again. My life is changed. I'm a new creation. Amen. God bless you. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.